America. My name is Ami Yosef from Pong. I come to you live every Thursday about this time. Today we're going to talk a little bit about race because of Supreme Court arguments and a lot of people get a lot of things confused about what race is. And I think the best way to understand it is it's about lineage. And lineage is what tells you how people get to treat you, right? It tells you how you should treat other people and how people get to treat you. It's very hard to outrun your lineage. And that, um, because we're not just talking about cultural resources that are passed down from generation to generation. They're talking about, um, you know, material resources passed down to generation to generation. And, uh, um, yeah. And so once you understand race as lineage and not so much skin color, I think you'll understand a little bit more about the problem we're in because you'll understand legacy is not, it's a fancy word for talking about lineage too. You pretty much get bonuses because of who your parents were, right? And it's okay if the um, university institution didn't give you a bonus because of who your parents were. The idea is that they've groomed you in such a way that you will fulfill the same function for that institution that your uh, parents did for that same, or uncle did for that same institution. So, um, the cultural transmission might have happened at home, and so the institution can take advantage of it while you are there um, with it, and you're identified with you, and you identify yourself as that institution. The problem is the thing about a line or a lineage is that you can only have a lineage or a line if there are people who are not of that lineage. And of that line, for example, you can only have kings and queens in a world of peasants, right? So if you want kings and queens, part of what it is to be of a royal line is for you to have part of your own internal logic is to have policed uh, uh, a group of peasants, lest the peasants revolt and take you out, right? So you have to understand that all lineages are not sustained, abstracted from their context. They're, they're sustained relative to other lineages, right? And so what this case at the University of North Carolina at Harvard University, what they're arguing for is that the redress to lineage injustices, that is, you know, affirmative action for the, um, you know, affirmative action to, to make whole black people in these United States is a problem in itself, right? Um, now, if you don't know the Ivy Leagues and University of North Carolina, all of these admission offices, they have a uh, concern for legacy admissions. Legacy admissions. The percentage of admissions and and we don't talk about legacy admissions or in the private sector or in the market sector, legacy contracts. We gave this contract to your father and so it's renewed through the son. Or even family businesses that, you know. Um, we don't give it, you know, it's possible that in a well-ordered society, when someone dies who's the owner of a business, the business should be sold to the highest bidder, not just given to the son. So that unless the son happens to also independently be able to pay for it or their daughter. But no, we have inheritances because we care about lineage as much as we care about anything else. So with uh, institutions like universities, we talk about legacies and legacy admissions. But it's the same thing. It's the same thing. It's all about limit. It's all about lineage. And we're saying that your lineage is good for our institution and we can be indifferent to this other lineage. And the state is saying like, no, if you're going to accept one person on lineage, 
you need to you can't be indifferent to the other people the lineage of the people who are other than the lineage that you want for your institution because that poses problems for justice in the entire polity and so while the government will force the institution to not narrowly concern itself with the lineage that is good for its bottom line the legacy whites it'll also have to do so in a way that accommodates lineages that were have been historically degraded and subordinated because of the quality of education that the legacy whites have like have um have attained at that university right so for the good of north carolina the university of north carolina system needs to accept the lineages of those people who the university system was comfortable instituting an education that uh, licensed the degradation of, right? So the question is, can these institutions, can we just abolish lineages? Can we just abolish concern with lineages, legacy and affirmative action, and just like start everything fresh? And if we can, should we? There's reason to believe that we can't because then, because legacy and lineage concerns aren't just uh, explicit and formal. That means to abolish all legacy and lineage-based advantages would mean to tell parents that they can't read to their kids over a certain amount. And that certain amount is, has to be pegged to what other parents can read to their kids. It means that I can't like, you know, teach my kids Latin because I might give them an unfair advantage. And the only reason they're gonna learn Latin is because I'm their dad. And it's going like, you know, the only reason my kids can do a lot of things is because I am their dad. And it's gonna give them, they're gonna have an unfair advantage over kids who cannot do the things that I'm telling them because they don't have me as a dad. And the only reason I know what to uh, teach my kids is one, I, you know, I've been to a few fancy schools and to my dad, was kind of serious about this kind of stuff. So it's a lineage all the way down. So, you know, that's what a line is. It's a point over time <laughs> that's extended through time. And that's why, like, if, if you want anything in your life to matter, you have to be concerned with how it extends over time and through time. Um, and if you're participating in an institution that doesn't respect how your participation extends over time, that means they don't respect you. I was talking to a friend today and she said, you know, when my son didn't get into Yale, they sent me a nice letter saying that they feel really bad that my son didn't get into Yale, but it's very competitive, blah, 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 blah. Because they know that if they tick off too many Yale alumni, one, the donor's checks will stop coming in, but two, people will feel betrayed and that might cause a different firestorm because kids aren't other ab like absolutely other than their parents they're all part of the same line so if you betray my kid you're betraying me um and that's something that the institution doesn't want to do we want to say we can't let your kid in but don't feel it as a betrayal we uh and so they have to really massage when they don't let in legacy students Right? Because legacy reflects the whole line, not just the kid. It's not something you're saying about the kid. It's something you're saying about the whole line of which the parent and the 
check writer is a part of. All right. So, and also you have to understand that legacies only make sense counterposed with other legacies. So you have legacy wealth that only makes sense like with legacy poverty. And both of those is tra uh, transmitted through lines. Like, and part of the logic of the top line is the continued subordination of the bottom line. And this is one thing that elites all over the world have in common. They, and this is why they all come to America and do very well. They all know how they've all been taught as part of their being, how to subordinate the lessers. That's part of their legacy education. It's part of their culture. You don't make it in America because you're smart. You make it in America because you're willing to treat black people like garbage. And if you're smart, but not willing to make it in America, not willing to treat black people like garbage, that is, uh, your life is a lot harder because you're almost un-American. So, and with that, I'm going to go ahead and hit the opening, giving you enough to chew on. To the beach, Never change the ways for the world or the government If it was the president, then I would state facts You leave it up to me, I paint the White House black And it can feature in So both institutional legacy concerns And affirmative action And race in general Are all just codes for lineage We've grafted lineage onto skin color Because it was easier to operationalize, make public And police and discipline and enforce but what we're really talking about when we talk about your skin color is your lineage how can i treat your line you extended back and you extended forward that's what we talk about when we talk about racism and what race means because race is just i latin but it's greek genos just means kind and what your kind is is what can reproduce like in this and be the same kind of thing that's what the definition of a species is it's something that can you know reproduce fertile offspring that will then reproduce because they the eternality the time the lineage is built into the species of the being it is the kind of thing it is because it is the kind of thing it is across time and across generations and so your lineage your race is what you are across time and across generations and so if when they degraded your grandparents and when they degraded your parents, it was with the understanding that you were also going to, your, your line was never going to interfere or be made whole by the, the oppressor's line, right? So... The logic of oppression is that the oppressor and the oppressed, at no point in time will the oppressed be able to seek to secure justice from the oppressor. That is built into the logic of, of oppression, right? So the oppression, the oppressor oppresses in a way to secure the continued reproduction of oppression. And if we ever want to break that logic, there needs to be an external or governmental um, intervention that breaks that logic. All right. So there are going to be a few issues that go along. 
Can you have these institutions without any sort of concern with lineage and legacy? And if you have to keep legacy, is that justified? Because you can, there is, there is, we can have conversations about legitimate legacy benefits. Like I said, what I teach my kids is a benefit and it's going to prepare them to succeed in life in a way that is not going to be universalized because I can't teach everybody else's kids. Right? Is that a legitimate benefit? Well, it is and it isn't. I mean, you're not going to stop me from getting my kids to probably do better than most other kids. Um, and you're not going to stop me from trying because, you know, I, I have to do that culturally because I can't, I'm, I'm not going to be here paying for rehabs and divorces and stuff like that. So I just have to teach them the right, the first time, set it right the first time and then like, you know, let it go. Um, so you can't really get rid of legacy benefits and legacy, even legacy degradation. I didn't get to pick who my parents were. You don't, nobody gets to pick the liabilities that come in and the defamations that come in uh, to the world with, right? But also, insofar as we institute legacies and we start legacies, that if we do it poorly, then we've created deformed, subordinate legacies that we need to redress. So there's a legitimate way to do legacies and then there's an illegitimate way to do legacies. If your country, nation, or institution is built um, on an illegitimate way to do legacies, then it's illegitimate because it has shut out or closed out a different group or created a different group for the purposes of shutting them out and closing them out. And like America created, you know, U.S. blackness. You know, in Africa, you know, I would have been Ashanti, right? So, or half Ashanti, or, you know, Ga, or whatever, right? So, we created legacy blackness and, and we attached meaning to it in the United States. It wasn't, it's not some feature of nature. It was created. And insofar as it was malcreated, it was attached and loaded with a lot of like society's vulnerabilities so that other people could have a holiday from society's vulnerabilities and, and ardor. Then it affects everyone in that line. And at some point in time, the lines have to meet. At some point in time, the lines have to meet. And we're not serious about doing what it takes to make sure the lines meet. And you know we're not serious about doing what it takes to make sure the lines meet because things haven't gotten particularly better. And uh, when I say things haven't gotten particularly better, that's, I mean, this is the kind of stuff I'm talking about. So we think about legacy admissions as benign or unfortunate, but not the same as affirmative action, when really affirmative action as race is the policy you need in order to redress the mistakes we made and the deformations in character that were introduced by legacy concerns, right? So if you do legacy right, And it's possible that, you know, I'm going to do my show next week is going to be a little bit on, uh, it's, it's going to be on, we're going to go back to Kanye West. We're going to control uh, Kanye West, Kyrie Irving, and, and, you know, what that means in terms of 
what happens when you just do in-group um, in group economics and you just help out people in the class. Because that's what there was a, a, a Batyanga Sargan uh, suggested that like, you know, of course Jews help each other out because all groups do, uh, you know, try to sustain the intra-group dynamic. And she talked about it. She's very kind of charming in her way. And she talked about it as if it's some sort of benign trait of groups that they sustain themselves by taking care of themselves at the exclusion of other people. And that's some sort of benign characteristic of, of, of groups and in order to sustain the lineage. But that's just not, it's not benign in a way that we'll talk about uh, next week. But today I just wanted to talk a little bit about race and lineage and understanding race as lineage written on skin. Okay, and lineage is what teaches you how to treat other people and how you ought to be treated. And lineages do not exist in a vacuum. Lineages only exist relative to other lineages or possibly um, subordinate, subordinated to or over other lineages. If they're without these relationship to other lineages, you can't have a line. Like that's the only way a line makes sense. Um, uh, or lineage makes sense, right? Relative to others, right? You can't have a royal line without a line of peasants, right? And part of what it is to be a royal line, internal to the uh, logic of being a royal line, is putting down pedit, peasant revolt, uh, like peasant re rebellions against the monarchy, right? Which is why I'm always uncomfortable when black people call ourselves kings and queens. I'm like, no. You're just calling yourself like, like in the, you're embedding the degradation inside of this own identity you, you, you fashioned for yourself. Um, so can we get rid of legacy admissions and have these institutions still stand? If we can't, should the institutions go away? If they shouldn't go away, is there a such thing as a legitimate legacy? And if there's such a thing as a legitimate legacy, what do we do with all the institutions that are built on illegitimate legacies? And if we're going to fix the institutions that are built on illegitimate legacies, it's not going to happen through like laissez-faire institutional logic because the institution is built on, on sustaining illegitimate legacies. It's going to happen through an external like affirmative call to write the ship of the institution for the sake of legitimizing whatever legacy benefits are in. And accounting for and atoning for whatever legacy degradations that needed to be normalized in order to keep the legacy degraded out right so we want to present we want to um, pretend that you can have a privileged legacy without a degraded legacy or that you can have an unfairly privileged legacy without an unfairly degraded legacy but it turns out that the logics are, are twained. And in a well-ordered world, this lawsuit would have happened against legacy admissions first. But the plaintiffs, you know, went after affirmative action first because it's always easier to take out black people than it is to take out legacy whites. And since we're more vulnerable, we get the brunt of it first. But really, you only need affirmative action because of the other thing, because of institutional legacy requirements. Right. And legacy written broad, not like 
individual families who went there, but the class of people who were allowed to go there versus the class of people who both paid for the taxes, but was shut out of going to those institutions. Does that make sense? Right. So, um, think about race as lineage and Sandy Darity, you know, in his book, he, I think is pretty good in saying that like, look, we can have a lineage test for blackness. One, if you can trace your descendant back to a descendant of slave, and you have an identity test on top of that, where we go back 12 years. And if 12 years ago, you were still identifying yourself as black, then you're black. There's your lineage. There's your, there's your race test with a lineage component and an identity component. Right? Barack Obama would fail that test. He can't trace himself to a descendant of slave. Boom. He's not black. It's complicated. It wasn't complicated. He's, you know, part black. Look, I, like my dad's from Ghana, and he's one of those Negroes who came over on a plane. My mom's from South Carolina. Her people came over on boats. Should I get uh, legacy status as legacy degraded? I don't think so. Not necessarily. Um, or if I do, like after everybody else, but I need everybody else to get it. Cause look, if I, my life as a African born in California changes markedly, if every other black person who's a descendant of slave gets reparations, I don't even like my life gets so much better. Everything like it's, it doesn't even have to come directly to me if it goes to all the people who look like me. Does that make sense? And then like everyone, so like, I don't even need it. Um, I, I, do I deserve it? I don't, not necessarily because like I said, my dad pretty much is a pretty big factor in who I am and my dad's from African. And like, he makes me different because he's not a descendant of slave. So I don't really, I mean, my mom's from California. I I'm, grew up in California, I identify as black. But if it, if it turns out that I need to wait in the back of the line while everybody else who has like four grand, <laughs> grandparents from here and like can trace all their lines to like sharecroppers and slaves and Jim Crow, then like I'm fine with them getting their cut first and me not even getting a cut because if they do fine, my life is, 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 diff is, is so different so different and awesome so um yeah that's that's why i am on the situation because it's all about legacy legacy and lineage and if you want to contest my lineage that's that's fine you can do the easy cases first i'll go to the tribe here's the deal so Darity says that there should be for the marginal cases there should be a tribunal who then looks over and, and you could appeal to a marginal case about like whether uh, like what kind of uh, race or lineage are you um, if you're going to get reparations? And like, that's fine. I'll take, I'll take my cut on appeal. I'll chance the system. And the appeal is going to be governed by people who are not marginal. Once again, I'm fine with that. That makes perfect sense to me because American descendants of slaves need to be made whole for America to be the nation it's supposed to be. And they have not. They have not. And, and if some people say like, well, you're African, you're not really black, black. I'll say that. Okay. That's, I was born in California. My dad moved here. My mom's from South Carolina, but I'll give you the credit. Cause I'm not, I don't have the same sort of legacy degradation. I do not have the same sort of legacy degradation. 
And um, I need the people with that legacy, with the full legacy degradation on both sides, all the sides, to be to give, be given assets. And then maybe they'll do business with me. Right. So like, I, 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 think, I think they will. So I, the, the black people at home, if you, uh, if you would do business with me, go ahead and go to www.funkyacademic.com, kick in $5, $15, $50 a month, and I'll keep doing what I'm doing. By the way, because I've been talking about Kanye, some of my uh, patrons have been getting in their feelings and they uh, pulled back their patronage. So I'm going to need you, people who are still watching, to make up for the shortfall because, you know, I got bills to pay. Uh, someone said, should all slave owners be required to pay reparations or should everyone collectively? It's an American problem. It's an American problem. All Americans should be paid. Right. I don't care if you just got off the boat. <laughs> I don't care if you just got off the boat. If you just got off the boat and like you're only making $8 an hour at your job or whatever, some of that needs to go to reparations for um, uh, the sense of slaves because it's an American problem that needs to be made whole by the country. So it's not just slave owners. It's not some private problem. It's, um, it's an American problem, and it needs to be treated like an American problem. So everybody, I'm going to take all your little, I want your little, your kids' allowance money. Like, everyone should be should have to pay their cut into reparations not just slave owners not just private companies that profit off slaves everyone who does business with america in america um pays for america's problem right don't don't like i'm i'm cool so there you go that's kind of my view you have to think about it race is really lineage written in skin and legacy is just lineage with a nice little bow on top with a fancy word it's just like you talk to some people and they do uh they do, they do community service except they call it philanthropy they call it philanthropy Legacy is just, and philanthropy is just community service on another, on, by another name. And legacy is just lineage by another name. And race is just lineage by another name. Right? Uh, yeah. Facts. Everybody got to pay. If you're doing Amer if you're calling yourself an American, if you're an American, you pay for America's debt. That's, you know, the big con is that we made America's problem with what to do with the people we've enslaved and degraded, and we need to remain enslaved and degraded. We've turned America's problem into a black problem but it's really america's problem and i think america needs to own it as america's problem so thank you for your time if you appreciate what i'm doing go ahead and go to www.funkyacademic.com kick in five fifteen or fifty dollars a month uh to keep me doing what i'm doing and next next week i'm going to talk about people say like kanye kanye's just become a nazi he's become a christian nationalist supremacist and to which i say all right, well, so he's a GOP MAGA conservative. But is that much better than a... Is that much better than like a Democratic white supremacist like Obama? Like, if you can have eight years of a black man being president and black people be more confused about their state 
in the world and not have any more assets, then like you're a white supremacist. You've like, you've succeeded in furthering the system that keeps black people confused and without assets. So they just like, we like our white supremacists with a D after their name, as opposed to white supremacists with an R after their name. And I talked about this with Herschel Walker and Raphael Warnock. I'm like, both those black guys are two black guys who take orders from white guys. They have more in common with each other in terms of like how they get their marching orders than any of them have with Kyrie Irving or even Kanye now. Right? Those are Kyrie Irving and Kanye are black men who do not take orders from white men. They're confused a little bit about some things, I think, but they are at they are their own people in a way that Raphael Warnock is not his own Negro. He takes orders from white donors. Um, and everyone knows that Herschel Walker is not even running as his own Negro. He's running as a guy who's been told to do what he can by whatever, um, told to do what he can by whatever uh, power, whatever white power was like telling him to run and hit that guy or take that ball over there. Like that's, that's been Herschel Walker's thing. So both of these guys are, are run by the whites. And they're running as everyone knows they're run by the whites. So, you know, that's, that's, I'm going to talk about that a little bit. But, like, it's not, it's not as if one's a white supremacist and the other is not. It's just what flavor of white supremacy do you like? And we need to get honest about that's the state of the play in, you know, black political and social life right now. And so Kanye is not that, I, I don't think Kanye is not that bad. In the same way that I'm not, yeah, I, I, I think actually Kanye, I find Kanye to be a more interesting version of white supremacy than I do Obama. And ultimately a better one. Because look, when Kanye talks about the liberals have screwed up the black family in terms of how they talk about divorce, and the liberals have screwed up um, black family in terms of how they talk about abortion, you know, he's not wrong. He's not He's not necessarily, he's definitely not wrong enough to actually, like, that's a, if that's what a black conservative sounds like, we need more of that in our politics. If he's saying that black people are given abortion when they need money and good jobs, then like Kanye is not the problem in our politics. Um, so like pushing back on that and like when he, yeah. So, so I think Kanye is a fine corrective and I appreciate Kanye, uh, Kyrie standing up the way he is and not backing down. Um, to David Stern. Oh, it's not David Stern anymore. It's uh, Adam Silver. Uh, about the, uh, about, you know, his, 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 his business right now. I wish the Nets won, but they might make me a Nets fan. I might be a Kyrie Irving fan. Uh, thank you for your time. Hey, do you want to come say, my kids just got home from school. You want to come say hi to the people? What is it? What, what? I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Come say hi to the people. Yeah. Say hi, people. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hold on. Um, there you are. See? All right. There you go. Uh, take care, and I will see you next week. Bye. Uh, because that's just the way this was set up.